what's up everybody let's spin some yarn um I had something randomly pop into my head as i was driving home earlier um i was listening to another podcast i probably uh probably spun up the idea i guess but um but it's something that the more i study like leadership and human psychology the more i question some of the things that i've done and um that i kind of have believed in in the past and it's not like the i don't think they had value or can have value um but also there was probably some missed opportunity and what i mean is um i was listening to somebody basically talk about how the like reacting emotionally to something can kind of mask what like what's really going on like mask your read on the situation and then based on that inability to kind of detach and accurately read all of the inputs and like kind of all of the things that fed into you know like whatever situation you're trying to analyze um and then you know like inform your your leadership decision making you you miss a lot of it so that you you can't accurately do that so um but then there's definitely as i was thinking about it i'm like I, I, the more i get into human psychology and the more i read all these leadership books the more i see that theme of like um like level-headed analysis detaching getting all of the perspectives that you can using that information to be calm and level-headed and and um like deliberate in your decision making and stuff like that which I, I think is largely a good thing but a lot of it is also built in this management framework more so than i i think like um leadership is and i differentiate the two pretty starkly i think like management is a leadership tool um but when you're strictly speaking about management as if that's the only function of somebody that's in a leadership position i think you're missing missing the point and missing out on a lot of really important information but i guess the way that i wanted to and, I, and i'm kind of teasing this out as i record it in my mind like of, of how there's definitely been times where my emotional reaction to something has has clouded my vision right like um and as i matured as a leader i definitely found myself realizing it more um where i would just be stuck with my foot in my mouth like during my first chiefs tour there's more than one occasion where um i would come into the galley you know sleep in my eyes and see something and start spinning up and then i would get i would bark at somebody and then they would call they would like explain calmly like what what the great reason was for that thing that i observed to be happening and then i just had to kind of like oh like and you just you feel like an idiot and you feel like like i was i mean basically rude to somebody um and like there's a whole bunch of negative aspects of that type of an emotional reaction uh that had i just come in and asked the question which is what i i matured into as i as i learned because i think that when you're coming from a place when, where you genuinely care about your people, uh, which I think, you know, 99% of leaders are, um, 
you like I don't I don't want to be that guy. Like I don't want to be the the leader that is coming in and barking at people without getting all the information and then doubling down when they tell me why it's like that because that happens where I, I think even some good people um basically double down because they feel like that embarrassment is going to like handicap them as leaders. Like it's going to just like take their legs out from under them. I think that's absurd. I don't think um all you do is lose leadership credibility with those people and and on the opposite side of that if you're willing to admit you're wrong and, and apologize e- even though like that that seems like it could be embarrassing and it there will be a component of of embarrassment there's going to be a little shame in that moment but also your willingness to admit you're wrong and apologize is only going to build your leadership credibility with those people because it communicates to them that you care about them and that you're willing to admit when you're wrong and and move forward um it, it's going to open up uh the possibility of trust building and that you need that and i've talked about that at length so i won't go down that rabbit hole but um, but yeah, I did that a bunch. And so eventually I, I evolved into, um, I, I just got sick of feeling that shame and embarrassment at that moment. So what I would do is I would start to, I would stop, analyze the situation when I felt my blood coming up, I would, I would like, okay, I'm going to ask you a series of questions. And I would ask like, Hey, why is this happening? And then if there were any other, just like logical questions, basically to disqualify any reasons that that thing would logically be there so that I can get to the point where, okay, now I'm sure that this is wrong. And a lot of times what would happen is I would never get to that. I'm sure that this is, is wrong. Like it, occasionally, but most of the time when I allowed for that moment of pause and I would ask those qualified questions like, Hey, why is this thing on the counter when we're in rough seas? Like what is go- what's going on here? What's the plan? And they would explain to me what their rationale was. And sometimes there there might be like a better way of doing it, but the motive was was sound like they, they had a good reason for it. We're like, oh, OK, well, in the future, do this because then it kind of mitigates the risk of what I'm worried about. But also you can accomplish what you're trying to accomplish, stuff like that. Um, but I would find myself uh, avoiding putting my foot in my mouth, avoiding uh, being the one that's wrong uh, and, you know, making their life harder than it needs to be. And I definitely don't want to be the leader that is consistently um, having like harsh reactions to things. So those are that's like some of the times that it was definitely negative. But there's other times where it's been positive. Um, Like the one that pops into my head was I I let my passion for um, leadership and heritage and all that kind of stuff really uh come out when i was an instructor um when i was at the a school it's hard to get um csa school students motivated sometimes because you know like if somehow and i don't you know like i know it's it's kind of baked into the culture um of the navy as a whole um particularly submarines i think it's a little worse on submarines but it's definitely a navy-wide thing where um like CS's job is kind of uh, discounted quite a bit. I mean, it's even in other services. Like everybody's got jokes for how the cooks aren't, you know, like contributing to mission accomplishment or their job's not real or they don't work as hard as everyone else. Or I got a name for baking cookies, blah, blah, blah. Like, everybody's got stupid comments like that. Um, and, you know, like it, it, you can do that with everybody's job, <laughs> like except for like, you know, Navy SEALs and some other, you know what I mean? Like those types. But like it's it's is stupid to think that any of the, like on a, on a any warship there's nobody that's like 
contributing to the mission on a scale that you don't need all the other people. You know what I mean? Like it's, that's not real. Um, nobody's, nobody's like submarine or surface warfare Rambo. It's just, it's not real. And you, you know, like you couldn't, you couldn't do it even if you were a savant, but, um, it's something that I, we, they kind of noticed that the instructors were struggling with it. And so I just kind of, um, I kind of almost like created a character. Like I would, I would go out there and just become like this, like, I don't know, like hoo hype man, which I know sounds ridiculous. And I mean, to some people it probably was, but the students were still like very much in the initial session training, uh, like mindset where they were all still really excited to get to the fleet and everything. So it's a lot easier to press their who you button than it is like everybody else's. But even the instructors responded pretty positively to it. Um, but I, I just, I use like heritage and, and, um, like just pride and rate and, and those kinds of things to, uh, to make them feel like it was cool, uh, to be there, to give them pride in, in the story they were becoming a part of. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I love using history and heritage so much as a motivator, but, um, I, I use it there and it works really positively. Um, there are definitely times where I think the application of emotion, like an emotional response is warranted. Um, I definitely, I, you've probably, if you've listened to other episodes, you've heard me say that it's very, very rare that I think yelling is the answer. Um, but there are times where I think firing for effect is useful. And I would say that like there, there are times where I use emotion, even if it's not genuine, like I'm having this like raw emotional response, even if it's me like using it as a tool, like to augment my, my leadership response that I've decided is appropriate in order to kind of drive the point home, you know, like, so, so think like, uh, we're doing a high risk evolution, right? So like I'm topside line handling and I've got a couple of young seamen that have only been up there once or twice. Um, and they do something stupid, right? Where they're, they're in, you know, like just in danger and don't realize it cause they're not paying attention. And I, you know, like there's times where I'll grab the back of their flow coat and pull them back and, I, or I'll say something harshly where the, you know, the tone and the inflection in your voice is, is like urgent, like, Hey, get away from there. Um, so that those kinds of things, I definitely think there are, are, because you want somebody's attention. You want it right now. You want that action to happen right now. Um, so there's definitely times where those kinds of things I think are really productive. Um, and then I think like, I, like a lot of examples I could probably take from like the, the chief season stuff that we do, where we spend a lot of time or I spent a lot of time in particular, like really trying to drive points home. Uh, and I, you know, like you'll see this through any chief season, whether you think it's productive or not, you'll see a lot of like passionate arguments or stories or, um, or whatever, like responses to certain things. And it's not all just like, um, them giving you a hard time for doing something wrong, even though, you know, that's a lot of it. <laughs> um, there's definitely like, there's times where people will tell a story about, um, a time where something went terribly wrong or like, um, a couple of times I've been in the room where people have told stories about how they lost sailors to suicide or to an accident or whatever. And there is a, certain level of responsibility felt by that person that's telling the story. And there's a lot of powerful emotion in them telling that story and on the receiving end, them hearing that that's, that's how heavy that, that this can get. And, and it, 
it communicates a point in a way that I don't think any, uh, you know, like a PowerPoint or reading it in a book or anything else can when somebody that you know is telling telling this really vulnerable, painful story about how, you know, they lost somebody that was important to them and they feel like some responsibility, like maybe I could have done something like I, I've had that where, you know, like shipmates have, have taken their own lives and it's like I sit there and I think like, well, what if I had done this or what if I had done that? Um, so yeah, I don't, I like, it was, it was an interesting like thought experiment and I think I'm probably going to do a little like research and, and try to do an article in a, in a thought lab podcast on this as well. But it's, I think it's good so long as you're cognizant of it. Cause I think there's a lot of people that don't have a, an awareness. And I think I was one of those people for a long time where like you don't have this awareness that you're reacting emotionally or that you're being perceived to react emotionally where I got I used to have this reputation as a yeller and I very seldom yelled but I have like a pretty loud deep booming voice so if if I raise my voice at all people can perceive it as me yelling at them and I used to get told that all the time like I'd have chiefs come grab me like hey did you yell at my semen or my third class I'm like no what are you talking about? And I'd get that a lot where I'm like, nah, dude, like if I was yelling, the half the submarine would be able to hear me. You know, like I when I yelled, it was an event. So and it didn't happen. Yeah, it doesn't happen often. So but I had to adjust to people's perception that I was doing that because I, I didn't understand for a long time that um, that that was happening, that by virtue of my voice being the way that it is, like any time I would even raise my voice a little bit. I had to understand that it was being perceived in that way and I, I had to adjust accordingly if I wanted people to receive me the way that I needed them to. So I, it just was this self-awareness that I didn't really have. And I think a lot of people don't understand that and and have a hard time overcoming that mental hurdle of like, you think you're doing it right. And even if you hear that feedback, you're kind of like, well, I'm not yelling so they can just grow up or, or they can get over it or whatever. And it's like, no. If the people you're charged with leading are receiving you in a certain way, like you have to adapt to them. That's the only way this ever works. Like you need to reach them. And if you're not making adjustments based on the feedback that you're getting from those people, you're ne you're never going to reach them. It sounds really simple. It's a lot harder in practice to to be self-aware and receive that type of feedback constructively and adjust accordingly. Like it takes a lot of humility and just kind of um like self auditing uh, to un to get that type of feedback, receive it constructively and adjust. But um, I think if you as long as you can do that, like when you when you kind of exercise that muscle and get good at at self reflecting, taking that feedback, asking those people questions, stuff like that, um, like ask having sounding boards that like, hey, am I doing this or am I doing that? Um, understanding that when you do get that feedback like because that was what kind of set it off for me was when those chiefs would come to me and say hey did you yell at this guy and it happened more than once like it happened like once a week where somebody would come up and be like hey did you yell at this guy what, what were you yelling at this guy for I'm like I wasn't yelling at anyone what are you talking about so it took it took several times but once I saw the the repetitive feedback I was just like oh okay I need to I need to do something about this so that people don't think I'm because I'm I genuinely I wasn't even like upset about anything, but they just based on like the way that they decided to interpret my tone of voice and volume and everything else, they um, they took it in a way I didn't intend it. So 
you got to really look for those things and adjust. But if you can if you can develop that, I, I really think that you can begin to apply emotion and passion for your people, for the mission, for leadership, for whatever, um, in a really productive way. But also understand that you, it needs to be very, very measured and very um, you need to be very like strategic in your application, like where you choose to use it and how you choose to use it. You need to really understand the person or group of people um, and and what they need from you to be to be motivated to go towards whatever the goal is. Right. Um, and kind of formulate all that and into your calculus and and make make an appropriate decision and there'll be some trial and error there but again so long as you're aware of it so long as you understand that that it's it's very important that you kind of analyze and and, um learn from those mistakes take in that feedback all those things um I, i really think it can be super useful but a lot of the time as well it's because it's there's always a dichotomy right like it's there's a lot of times where you probably allow emotion into a situation that it it's not going to be productive um you're going to find it handicapping you in that you're going to miss a lot of things that are making a situation dynamic and you're only going to see it one way and a lot, I think that's if there's any like one theme, I guess, or or one like lane where junior sailors are probably the most frustrated with leadership. It's when they can't see what the junior sailors are seeing and they don't allow themselves to receive that from those those sailors. Right. Where like if you develop a really great level of trust and rapport with your people they're going to be willing to tell you a lot more and they're going to be willing to paint that picture for you but you have to be receptive to it um and the less receptive you are and the more you allow emotion to mask your ability to to perceive those things and like use them to formulate your response it's like the less the the less and less willing they're going to trust you the like or the less and less willing they will be to trust you and they will be to paint that picture for you so it's like you got to allow for that you need to create that that type of um dynamic with you and your team so that they're willing to paint that picture for you um if you don't you're never gonna you're never gonna get any of that and if you're if you're only injecting uh emotion into it at times that like you like not only don't make sense but you don't even understand they don't make sense because you're not allowing them uh, to provide that feedback, it's going to get really counterproductive. And I think that's where I find, uh, and I've talked about this before too, where I, I find a lot of chiefs frustrated, like good people that want like want to take care of their sailors. They care about their sailors, but they're really frustrated and confused about why they can't get their people to get along, do the thing that they want them to do, like um, just like respond positively, positively to their leadership, trust them, whatever. Um, And they're really like genuinely confused about it. I think that's what's happening a lot of the time is they're just they they're responding in the only way they know how based on an underdeveloped you know, like leadership capacity and understanding, like leadership level of knowledge 
right? And because they're unwilling to allow junior sailors to paint a picture for them, because it, it, it's counterproductive to somebody who doesn't have a high level of leadership experience and level of knowledge. Like it's in their mind, it's counter or I think I said counterproductive. It's counterintuitive. Um, and in their mind, it would be counterproductive. Like, you know, you're supposed to listen to me. Like I'm the leader. I'm in charge. You're supposed to listen to me. I'm not supposed to listen to you. That's not that's, that's not how this works, except it is. Right. And it's hard to it's hard to uh, kind of overcome that barrier in people's minds that have an underdeveloped understanding uh, of of leadership and, and how communicating with those people is supposed to work. Um. Yeah, this is uh, uh, something I, I, I'm going to do some research on, like I said, and, and pull the thread on a little bit more on a, on a thought lab thing. I think there's there's probably a lot of good theory um, that will even help help augment the understanding of this even more and um, probably teach me some stuff and hopefully uh, be productive to all of you as well. Uh, so I'll go down that rabbit hole uh, here pretty soon. I haven't done an article in a while. I've been busy getting ready to... <laughs> getting the house ready to sell and getting ready to retire and all that stuff. So I think I bit off a little more than I could chew trying to start up another, <laughs> another mechanism to this right now. I probably should have waited until we were done moving, but, uh, too late now. Um, so I'll try to get an article out soon, um, on this and, uh, hopefully some other stuff, but, uh, if you got anything for us, if you got any feedback on this or anything else, or you got any questions, comments, concerns, hit us up. Don't give up the ship podcast at gmail.com. Facebook message us. Don't give up the ship podcast. Or you can DM us on Instagram, Reddit, or Discord, at Digos Podcast. Um, always appreciate feedback, questions, comments, concerns. Um, I like interacting with all of you, so hit me up if you got anything. If you want to support us, there's a donate link on the website, digospodcast.com, or you can go to Don't Give Up the Ship Apparel, uh, com. get some Naval Pride and Heritage gear you'll actually wear in public. Um, I would really appreciate that. If you can support us, great. Patreon's inbound too. Uh, so that'll be another way. And there'll, you know, there'll be some other stuff. You can subscribe on YouTube, go watch the, the, um, podcast and training videos we got there more to come. Um, but yeah, really appreciate you. If you can support, if not, uh, at least you're listening <laughs> and that's it. That's what I got for you today. Thank you so much for listening and don't give up the ship. <laughs>